0: a.k.a. Paper Fronto, a.k.a. my Black Bottom, a.k.a. Fuck Nasty. And we back again, guys. I am the sad Spurs fan. They continue to let me down. Don't they ever. But we'll get to that. But before all of that, of course, I am joined by the host with the most. We call him Mr. Misfits, the man behind the socials, the man who does it all. If you've seen us on Instagram, you've seen his work. If you listen to the Footy Misfits, you know his name. We call him Ronnie, and uh, I hope you guys do too. Ronnie, say what's good for the one time.
1: What's going on for the one time? I'm so out of it. I had to Google eight times eight just to be sure. That was sixty-four. Because <laughs> uh. I forgot. I went to school math and science, and I fucked up in both. So forgive me. Stay <laughs> strong. Be great.
0: So the math aren't as quick as we uh, claim them to be, but you know, nonetheless.
1: I know 2 plus 2 is 4, minus 1, that's 3, so that's quick.
0: That is as quick as it gets. You ain't lying. Um, But speaking of maths, uh, there was a lot of goals on the scoreboard this weekend. Um, We like to do match of the week, but fuck all that. Let's just get right into the shits.
1: Um, Now, do you you want to go straight into the weekend or talk a little bit about the Champions League midweek?
0: Well, there was some goals in the Champions League too. Yeah, let's, I mean, we should, yeah, let's start over there in, the, in in Europe, the big boys' competition. There was some little boys' competition as well, and then the Weenie Hut Juniors. But of course, as always, the Champions League uh, obviously kicked off on Tuesday, match week three of six, I believe. Yes, um, sir. the uh, standout
1: match had to be in Madrid, featuring Atletico de Madrid and Liverpool.
0: Off the rip, if the yeah, I mean. Just yes, for so many reasons. Uh, Seeing Atletico Madrid in a five-goal thriller, not something you see often. Um, Liverpool really brought it to them uh, in the first half. Atletico Madrid brought it to them in the second half, but uh, this match had pretty much everything. Uh, Red cards, goals. Uh, We saw folks getting blended, uh, mixed, if you will, in the midfield. But uh, Liverpool ran away with the dub.
1: Yeah, man, three two. Mo Salah is not taking his foot off the gas for shit.
0: For real, for real. Um, I I I think there's those moments, or not even moments, but just like the things that separate you know great players from like the best players. Where you know for the most part, the best players in the world they play well consistently through and throughout. But then they just have you know those periods of time, whether it be a spurt of a couple games or the you know an entire season where they just kind of play with so much confidence and they kind of are just leagues better than anybody that's in front of them. And right now Mo Salah is in one of those phases. He's We've seen him do it in the Premier League time and time again. He's taking those seasons where he's been good and will score 20 plus goals. And it won't feel like he's just destroying the competition. But this season he's putting it front and center. I'm better than everybody. And I mean, Atletico Madrid had to, had to, you know, had to deal with real rep, and he would score a brace. They, so the I will say,
1: they they credited the first goal to james milner for like five minutes
0: which is which is nuts. <laughs> which is absolutely nuts considering mo salah beat four players off the wing cuts it in. it doesn't off
1: often, but it was all mo salah
0: and didn't mo salah didn't you know what what you know he's going to do you know shades of iron robin I'm going left, you know I'm going left, and then I'm still gonna score. And then James Miller was like, let me just help it in into the net, you know? Uh, I'm a team player. Um, <clears throat> but he would get the brace, obviously, the opening goal. Um, Nabi Keita would follow up with an absolute rocket. Oh my
1: gosh, that goal. Was-
0: Jan Oblak was like, fan, word, I have kids. Um, <laughs> but shortly after that, um, I mean, Griezmann the match, had
1: his coming out party again.
0: He sure did. You know, he loves to, just in the Madrid colors, he just looks better. He cut his hair. He looks like the Griezmann of old. He, he was getting into dangerous spaces. And it was crazy to think about, you know, this Liverpool team, which is so solid at the back. Van Dijk was present, but Griezmann and Atleti were just kind of getting in whenever they wanted. They could have scored more than the goals and they did score.
1: He was Griezmann, present in, I'm sorry to cut you off, he was present in the sense that he was there. Present in the sense of you know him actually doing something defensively, this game I feel like he and the Liverpool back line are really weren't all that hot.
0: Fact, and, and I, I just I give it also you know credit to Atleti and you know playing the, <clears throat> the long ball out back and getting off the back shoulder of the defender and you ja Felix and, and Griezmann. You know, I think we spoke about this when, when, Gre- when Felix plays. Close to the you know 18 yard box and is close to the, the the opponent's goal. That's where he's most dangerous, and he's right behind the striker where he can create chances. And Griezmann was they were just in perfect sync. The chemistry was beautiful, uh, and Liverpool really struggled to kind of contain them after going up two 0 um, And then we spoke about Jan Oblak having kids and Kaita not caring. Joao Felix also didn't care um, after setting up Griezmann for his for, after Griezmann got his first goal. Felix absolutely smoked Keita in the midfield. Just took him around the entire length of the pitch. Here, I'm going this way. No, I'm going this way. Just here, come. I'll hold your hand. Ran him up the pitch uh, and set up Griezmann for his brace. Um, Griezmann could have had a hat trick in the first half um, had he not tried to chip uh, Allison all cheeky-like. But all of a sudden, I mean, after the first half, it's 2-2. You know who Uh, all Go ahead. Bobby Firmino. Yeah, he sure
1: sure does. And Griezmann said, fuck that. (laughs) Horrible. attack. I mean, he does go for the ball. I'll give him that. But it was just too – it was a bit too reckless. And it caught Firmino's ear, and he got shown a straight red after that.
0: Absolutely. And I think that kind of – you could say changed the match for the most part. Liverpool did sort of capitalize – Atleti were were uh, you know still gunning for them, but yeah, uh, on the on the red card, you know, anytime uh, high boot is included and somebody studs hit somebody's cheeks, you would assume a red card is coming. Um, and so I couldn't disagree with that. In all honesty, from my perspective, it did look like you know Griezmann had his eye on the ball, which was being cleared, and he was trying to he was trying to yeah, he
1: definitely the- did, but I, you're just too close to the face, too close his ear which and he did get him in his ear you were going for the ball and i get it but that yeah. was just a bit too dangerous
0: yeah anytime a stud the cheeks that high up i think a red card is coming in i guess you could call it deserved and all of a sudden atleti playing down 10 minutes you'd think the Liverpool are gonna smoke the competition but atleti really did take it to him um and this match i mean looked like it could end his draw or an atleti dub Uh, Liverpool would get a penalty. You could say it was questionable, but I think it was an absolute foul in the box. Who puts it away? But Mo Salah gets his brace, as I said before. All of a sudden, it's 3-2. Atleti would get a late penalty, and you think that this match is going to finish 3-3, but VAR says, nah, it was a little soft. The ref was feeling guilty for calling the last one. Now, do you uh, feel
1: like it was a pen?
0: No, I don't think it was a pen. I think it was kind of soft. I can't remember who the culprit was that did fall. It did look a bit like a dive to me a very soft call and I, I like I said I, I really think the ref it was
1: um I believe it was Jimenez.
0: Yeah, okay. There was a bit of contact but nothing enough to call a penalty. The, I think the VAR was right in this in this situation. I think the ref called that pen honestly just because this game was so good and Atleti did deserve to win and losing by a penalty, I feel like he must have felt guilty in some way and was trigger happy there. Obviously there were ten men down as well, but I don't think it was a penalty. Um Diego Simeone obviously disagrees with me, but, um, yeah, the match will finish 3-2. This is what the Champions League is made of. These two sides always meet and always go go crazy. Uh, we remember Atleti knocking Liverpool out of the Champions League a, a little while ago and Liverpool doing a bit of the same. Um, so you would love to see it. This group is, you know, these two really head-to-head, and Liverpool remains undefeated, three wins from three on nine points. Um, but this wasn't the only three-two match. There's a lot more there. Uh, PSG would play Leipzig, and this game was a lot closer than than it looked. Uh, if that if, if that makes sense. Um, PSG chances on chances, but Leipzig also would have chances on chances.
1: At the end of the day, this match was ultimately highlighted by a messy brace.
0: Yeah, Messi getting the getting the dub, and I think Mbappe was the man of the match in this regard. Uh, scored the first goal, which was an assist by Messi. Them two driving up the field is scary for any defender. And then Mbappe finished in an, in an, in such an Mbappe way where you know puts the defender under his spell, fakes the keeper like he's going to go far post, and then just bangs it in near post. The second goal came literally Mbappe running down the touchline, um, and then making as if he's going to shoot and the last second finds Messi in the box Messi buries that and um i think the funniest moment of this was uh, as of course Andre Silva and Nordin Mukiele who had chances on chances uh would get goals for Liber- for Leipzig uh and it would be 2-2 at this moment Messi would close things out with the penenka penalty just absolutely disrespecting Leipzig <laughs> um but the funniest moment for me was Mbappé would get a penalty late on in the match and he sent that shit to heaven <laughs> i don't know why i thought that was so funny that shit wasn't even close i don't know where he was going with that one but yeah mbappe's got to sort out his penalty funk but it would be the messi mbappe show as psg would would win uh three two they set atop their goal all
1: football fans really wanted to see
0: there you go that's all pochettino wants to see and
1: that's all we wanted uh, to see so all that summer real madrid saga you could have waited wait a year this is all we want
0: Absolutely. Um, I, was, I don't think that's what Mino Raiola wants to see because obviously, Kyler Navas got the start and he's had more starts than uh, Donnarumma uh, this season. And there's been whispers, of allegedly, as uh, uh, Mino Raiola, as brash as he be, uh, been saying that you know if this continues on, Donnarumma might find himself a quick exit out of Paris. I don't know but why it was
1: bears in the first
0: place. But. we sp- Exactly. We spoke about this uh, a while ago. Uh, they should have solved the Keylor Nava situation. This is an absolute world-beater of a goalkeeper um, who has no place sitting on the bench. He's a leader in the dressing room. We've seen him play for Costa Rica. We've seen him win Champions Leagues at Madrid. We've seen him hold it down for PSG last season against Bayern Munich. Um, so this has been a sticky situation, but that's not my problem. That's Pochettino's problem. PSG get the dub, 3-2.
1: Um, I don't know if you have other things from Tuesday, but one thing I want to mention: Borussia Dortmund getting clapped by Ajax.
0: Oof, absolute nasty business. Eric Ten Hag said, "Uh, fuck you, uh, Tottenham Hotspur. I'm I'm gonna sign a new contract here. I got my boy Sebastian Hayer. uh, and I'm starting something here. Um, uh, rebuilding this Ajax team that continues to impress in the Champions League. And yo, BVB got the beats. They got their asses whipped."
1: Imagine Ayer who scored. Him and Anthony are, to me, their best players.
0: Yeah, uh, Ayer's been absolutely sick. I know West Ham would be like, man, we could use him. We'd be even better than, than we were when we had him. Um, the the funny thing is whenever Daily Blin gets a goal, <laughs> it's got to be a good day for IX. That boy's <laughs> still there, which is ridiculous. But, yeah, BBB had absolutely nothing for IX uh, here. Yeah. Um, they've been having a hell of a campaign and just – Kind of really showing folks that no, don't forget about us. We still got Ducey and Tadić. Sebastian Hai is playing incredibly. You mentioned Anthony. Um, they've got themselves quite quite a squad, and Eric Ten Hag has them moving in perfect chemistry, if you will. And yeah, I mean, BVB. You would think Holland wasn't playing the way that they got shut out, but you know, they, Holland was present. Royce was present, similar to the way you said. Uh, you know, Van Dijk was present in that Liverpool match. Um, just really not on nothing. No Jude Bellingham, he won't know nothing. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I yeah they sit atop their group as well, just absolutely kind of smoking the competition.
1: And they did so on the weekend as well. They watched PSV Eindhoven five nothing in yeah. De Topper. So
0: yeah, they're looking
1: for all the guys, man.
0: Absolutely. The one thing I would the last thing I mentioned on Tuesday is that uh, Inter Milan beat uh, FC Sheriff, the super underdogs, but Sheriff still sit atop the group. After three matches,
1: yeah, man. Love I to, had to head to head against see. Real Madrid helps.
0: I'd love to see that, but that's the, all, all I got for Tuesday. Wednesday, we'd see. Um, I guess we can go straight to the highlights Manchester United, Atalanta, um, Gasparini's side destroying Manchester United. This was the comeback week, if you will, in the Champions League. It's comebacks on comebacks. Uh, Atalanta go up two nil, similar to the way Liverpool did against Atleti, and all of a sudden. Questions are being asked again about Ronaldo being at Manchester United. Questions being asked about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, as they always are. Um, and it, Atlanta had they finished their chances, could have scored three, four, maybe five. But going into the the, the, the second half, have with a two nil lead, looked pretty comfortable. But in the second half, Man United came out swinging, if you will, Rashford getting a goal to make things one, you know, two one, and. In my head, I said, when this person scored Harry Maguire in the 75th minute, I said, Man United are going to win this game because if Maguire is scoring, something's going to happen. And you know, if it's late on and things are all square after, you know, 70 plus minutes, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo loves himself a game winner. And uh, sure enough, he would do more of the same, just like he did against Villarreal, being Man United's hero with a towering header, just jumping over everybody in their mama scoring in the 81st minute, and all of a sudden, United score three straight. Atalanta ain't got shit, but it zero points. It
1: felt like the Villarreal game. The only difference is Atalanta just could not finish shit.
0: Couldn't bear their chances. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ronaldo doing more of the same, celebrating in front of the Old Trafford faithful and being like, you know, this is me, my club. Yeah, you know, this, that, and the third. But United get the dub, really entertaining match. Should love to see it if you're a United fan. Uh, hate to see it if you're not or if you're Atalanta, but yeah, Gasparini's side they'll be kicking themselves because they absolutely deserve to win that match and they just couldn't finish I do um, like
1: Demi Rao's goal, by the way that header coming from the corner Oof. yes, sir Amazing.
0: but I mean, elsewhere on Wednesday, obviously your Juve, get a quick little dub one nil something like yeah,
1: Kulusevski, holding it down for us
0: uh, Bayern, Violet, and Benfica uh, Chelsea, Violet, and Mamo. And then Villarreal, Violet, and Young Boys, and that was pretty much the champ- the, the Champions League for this week. Um, Barcelona
1: finally got a dub in the Champions League.
0: They sure did, a dub that they needed. I remember you famously said uh, either last week or the week before that if they draw points against Kiev, it could be a wrap. They could be in the Europa League or worse, out of Europe. But, yeah, that game was a lot closer. Oh, well, the score was 1-0, and it was a pretty contested game. Yeah. Um, Ultimately, Barcelona will get the goal courtesy of Gerard Piquet. A nice finish. Not a header, but a cool, you know, put away, I think, on his right foot. But, yeah, those three points that they got that they absolutely needed. Absolutely needed.
1: Champions League was Wednesday. Now, also on Wednesday, there was a Europa League game. We're going to Russia for this one. Spartak, Moscow, and Leicester City. Spartak have a two-goal advantage. Going into the half, but it was a Patson Daka show. He Ooh. scores to make it two-one. He scores again off the rip to begin the second half to level the score, and then he scores a couple more. So if you're doing your maths, that's four goals in the game. Alexander Sobolev does get a second. Not enough though. Patson four Spartak Moscow
0: three. You got it. Patson and, Pats and Daka, a wonderful signing for Liverpool, uh, for, Liverpool for Leicester. Liverpool did, uh, were allegedly pursuing him in the summer, but yeah, he he, he hit the ground running and I mean, Spartak Moscow had absolutely nothing for him on a Wednesday where you, anything can happen in the Europa League when the schedule is not on Thursday. Uh, a little note on Daka, I read something recently that um, during his quarantine period when he transferred to Leicester, um, he said that he loves his PlayStation, but instead of playing PlayStation while on quarantine, he read up on Leicester, did his mm. maths and his knowledge. Look at that. Love to see it. Hey, man, but, um,
1: dedication. I respect it.
0: Yeah, and he definitely puts the maths on Spartak Moscow with the four goals.
1: <laughs> now, I wonder if Leicester City prepared a T-shirt the way they get Warsaw did when they beat Leicester.
0: <laughs> the petty. The petty. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, despite that dub, Leicester do still sit third place, so they, they're going to need to get some – Get some wins together before the group stage is over if they want to continue their uh, Europa League run. It is a tough
1: group, though, in all, in all fairness.
0: Absolutely. But
1: like you That'd have Legia cool. Warsaw, who you dropped points to. Napoli, we all know how good Napoli is.
0: Yes, sir. Aspartight
1: like Moscow gave you a run for your money.
0: Yep, and Pats and docker and gave them a run for their money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that he did. Four-three final there, Leicester mm. City gets the dub. Other uh, Europa League Matches of note Lokomotiv Moscow lost at home to Galatasaray 1 0. And the only reason why I want to bring that up is because this match went viral for the starting 11 for Galatasaray. They yeah. started Manuel Neuer, Lucas Hernandez, David Alaba, Niklas Sula, Paval, <laughs> Goreska, Kimich, no. come on Tolisso totally and Mueller.
0: It sounds like Bayern Munich, don't it?
1: It does sound like Bayern Munich, probably because it is Bayern Munich. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing that um, since the game was at Locomotive Moscow, they had like some type of fuck up where they inserted a Bayern lineup, and Oof, somebody got fired. And it came up next to um, the Galatasaray logo, so that was. Um, they had quite um, the signings, you could say. But um, in all seriousness, in this game, Galatasaray won the match 1-0. Mohammed
0: Karim Atarkoglu. I said that wrong, but sorry, bro. Hmm. In the 82nd, left it late. 1-0 to Galatasaray. Um, I do want to mention, as far as Europa League goes, we mentioned uh, Leicester City sitting in third. Do want to big up West Ham. Oh, I hate to do it. Um, but, yeah, the the one English club who is uh, three wins from three. They beat Gank 3-0 on Thursday. And, yeah, they're sitting pretty up, to- up top on their group. Holding it down. David Moyes has got their men playing well in the league and playing well uh, in Europe as well. Yeah, man. I feel like the Europa League, at least
1: this time around, is a bit more stronger because there's less teams in it. If you have a proper eight-group tournament, you got rid of all the excess, put it to the conference league. Because a lot of the groups here are, like we mentioned before, are pretty strong. Like, we already mentioned the the group Leicester City is in. The group yeah, West Ham exactly. are in is pretty okay. West Ham, Dinamo, Zagreb, Gank, The group Leverkusen are in with Hural Batis and Celtic and Ferenc-Varos.
0: Yeah, you got Lazio and Marseille in a group together. You got
1: Tassaray and Lokomotive, So... A lot more stronger, Real that at Monaco and PSV, a lot more stronger groups in the Europa League this time around. So it makes for a much more interesting competition.
0: Yeah, sure enough. And uh the matches, I think, sort of have been reflecting that. Um I think the excess of matches, if, if you're watching the Conference League, which sadly I am, yeah, but if you can get through all the matches that are on on Thursdays, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the Europa League, but... I mean, that being said, we mentioned the conference league. Should we get right right to the shits?
1: Now, everyone was talking about Spurs' loss to Vitesse. To be fair, I don't care. I want to talk about Roma losing 6-1 to Bordeaux
0: Glimt. Absolute. Oof. I know Jose Mourinho's losing sleep. Uh, those are the type of matches that get him uh, absolutely – well, those press conferences get pretty uh, interesting, if you will. Yeah, uh, Roma, you know, going from beating teams 5 1 uh, in the conference league and then losing like that to a team that I have never heard of. That sounds like, a, you know, some sort of uh, ramen noodle company or something like that. I don't know. Ridiculous. <laughs> Bodo Glimp
1: is a club based out of Bodo, Norway.
0: God damn.
1: <laughs> Apparently, it was cold as hell. You saw Mourinho in a little beanie, like he had. <laughs> Like the time he had the beanie on when Spurs plays Marine in the FA Cup.
0: <laughs>
1: it was the first time Mourinho lost. Well, one of his sides conceded six goals, and he said that he, they don't have a good team. Um, I would say Roma is a pretty good side. This was the same Roma that made the Europa League semi final last year, I think. But yeah, and, and even just like
0: just last week or the week before in the Europa League, you know, like I said, beating beating teams, you know, 5-1 and having a decent showing thus far in Serie in A. So they're not bad Could they get stronger.
1: Uh, of course they can, but they're yeah. not bad.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the Mourinho timeline, as I can attest with Spurs, has kind of sped up. It used to be comes in smash and grab wins the biggest titles in the country or Europe and then gets ugly after three seasons two turning into, you know, you get all of that in a season and a half and, you know, uh, Roma, if they're not careful, it could get ugly in six months. So I guess we'll just have to stay tuned for that. But yeah, the team is still pretty solid. Uh, as I mentioned, not doing, not doing so bad in uh, Syria, uh, you know, competing for champions league places and whatnot, but yeah, that, that's a stain on Reno's career. Uh, it seems like the longer he's there, the, uh, he's, you know, he goes from breaking good records to bad records.
1: 6-1 final again, that was the result that stood out among the lot in the conference league. I'm saving you some time to talk ab- from talking about that um, Vitesse match, because, you know, um, you probably were the only fan who saw it. So, um, shall we go to the weekend now?
0: <sighs> I mean, I don't mind if we skip it. Uh but uh yeah the sad Spurs fan in full effect um went from you know shit was all good just a week ago about to start snitching ain't you ready to start bitching ain't you uh you know um uh, it's, it's it's all bad you know things go f- with Nuno to hey we look all right to we don't know what's going on with Spurs um it seems the lineup that he puts out in Europe is kind of a smash and grab figure it out there's no coherence I guess uh, especially in the midfield. Dele Ali looks like he don't know what he's doing. He's too busy, you know, trying to get on Love Island or something, uh, kissing Guardiola's daughter and then kissing the star of the show Made in Chelsea that I've never heard of up until this week. You're definitely um, giving
1: this more time than I thought you would, but I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm here for. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Spurs continuing to concede really, really good goals. Goodness gracious. You're <laughs> looking confused. Uh, at times, sometimes they look put together, it looked just when Nuno had his perfect lineup in the Premier League uh leave it to Europe uh, to get ugly as betes you know score a hell of a goal, match finishes one nil and uh, Spurs are you know s- still have some work to do if they want to make it out of Europe, which uh personally, I hope that they don't uh, make it out of the group stage. I hope they make it uh, out of the tournament. But,
1: that would be a high embarrassment. You're willing to take that?
0: Yes. It's still early enough. I'm mean, get out of here. Go focus on the league, guys. We obviously we don't have quality depth to spread our team like that. Um, now these are matches that could uh, that are winnable. Um, Nuno, I guess, hasn't figured it out yet, and um, it takes you know bringing in the the top talents um, on the team. In order to win these sort of matches this early on so when it gets to the knockout stages or further into the tournament should they even make it that far that'll spread them super thin in the premier league which will just you know um you know just look even worse for them so um ultimately listen man get the hell out of there i don't care get them out of there while you can save face it'll be bad at first and then just focus on the league and Try to build the uh, results, but I don't want to stick too long on that. Spurs lose one note to the test. It's ugly. And shall we go to the weekend run?
1: I was ready five minutes ago.
0: <laughs>
1: um, Did anything stand out on Saturday before we speak about this elite Sunday that we just witnessed?
0: Yeah, well, all right. So disclaimer, your boy was traveling um, and didn't get... NBC Sports, where I was at, for some reason. So uh, missed, a, missed a bit of missed a bit of Saturday Premier League, but yeah, I mean, so I'll say like this: in the midweek, it was comebacks galore. In the weekend, it was hat tricks galore. Uh, Saturday, at least in the Premier League, uh, we saw Chelsea play poor old Norwich City, who had a red card, um, and uh, late on in the second half. But by then, it was over with. Mason Mount would get a hat-trick here, scoring goals on goals on goals. Reese James and Ben Chilwell, who are, if you're, if you're listening, are defenders, would also get goals. Uh, Max Aaron would get a goal, but also for Chelsea as it was an own goal. Um, so there's one hat-trick there on Saturday. 7-0
1: um, final against Norwich. 7-0.
0: An absolute ass-whipping. Um, you know, so... Uh, Arsenal did also play on Friday to kick things off in the, in the Premier League uh, or the weekend, if you will, beating Aston Villa 3-1. Thomas Partey would get a goal there. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and then Emil Smith-Rowe would lock things up. 3-1 there for the Gunners. Um, we were talking about hat-tricks. Um, Watford and Claudio Ranieri's team, who got absolutely destroyed the week before by Liverpool, would walk into the other side of Liverpool in Everton, uh, Merseyside, if you will and absolutely smoked the competition, winning 5-2 as Joshua King would get a hat-trick, scoring in the 13th, the 80th, and the 86th minute. Uh As uh Claudio Ranieri all of a sudden on upset alert, now Wafford might win the title. Who knows? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, they're calling for Rafa's head.
0: Yeah, and I think Jamie Carragher... Uh, really kind of hit it on the head at the beginning of the season that if things start to get ugly or they start to lose matches or you know we spoke about the Merseyside derby on this podcast they lose that you know uh rafa benitez is a a man who's been hated by everton for so long so if they aren't getting the results to kind of shut the fans up they'll turn on him as fast as you know you know faster than a what does sandy cheeks you say faster than a jack rabbit and a hot summer day and a rattlesnake, you know, whatever they say down south. Um, so, yeah, if he's not careful, these sort of results will really get him. And uh, Joshua King and Claudio Ranieri's men really put them in the dirt on Saturday. And that's two hat tricks if you're counting uh, on Saturday. So, but that was, I mean, that was pretty much it as far as uh, Saturday goes. Um,
1: in the prem, at least. You mentioned prim, least. before we got on that. One of the games that you fancied was Valencia and Mallorca.
0: Hell of a match. One of the only matches I was able to get because uh, they had ESPN where I was at. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Mallorca looked like they were getting the uh, the better of Valencia over the course of 90 minutes, up 2 0 just in the first half uh, with uh, an own goal for Mukhtar Diqabi and then Angel Rodriguez of Mallorca getting the goal. Uh, Mallorca, I, I also should mention, had two red cards. One of them obviously came at the end of the match after a little bit of a scuffle. And then uh, the other one was early in the second half. But Valencia would not give up as they're playing at home at the Mestalla. They would score two goals in extra time, one coming in the 90 plus third. And then the other one in the literally the last kick of the match, uh, a header from Jose Gaia, uh, as they would at least walk away with a point. And an absolute entertaining match in La Liga. Uh, and I was tuned in.
1: Another entertaining match in Spain on Saturday was Athletic Club and Villarreal. That I match ending two one. You had Raúl García scoring the first, followed by Gokelín, and then Munain scored the game winner off a penalty for Bilbao. Two one there, and I'll, I've been watching a lot more La Liga this season thanks to ESPN plus bb but um
0: facts big facts
1: for what big everyone fact. is saying about oh, all the liga sucks this year cuz there's no messi as if that man was the entire spanish league by his damn self la liga has been pretty pretty decent this year
0: yeah and if you want to look at it from the other perspective the glass half full um It just leaves the door open for more competition, uh, more teams to maybe make a breakthrough. And speaking of breakthroughs, even though they've played one extra match, we're on Real Sociedad watch. They still sit atop the table after drawing Atletico Madrid this weekend. Hell of a match.
1: It was on, they played today, Sunday, and that match was one of the matches that slapped. That wasn't a derby or Clásico. Had goals from... Sorloth and Alexander Isak, Swedish phenomenon. And then Luis Suarez scored a pair as well in the second half. Yeah, great game here. Suarez giving Atleti life, it seems, whenever he can. In a matchup featuring the team top of the table and the team who are the champions. So, definitely a good game here in La Liga. Good season of matches in La Liga as well. And. Since we're talking La Liga, let's talk about the showcase match in La Liga that came today, Sunday, when we are recording El Clásico was today.
0: Oof, man. And and I spoke about the glass half full. If you want to go back to the glass half empty, uh, this must have been the least anticipated Clásico in quite some time. No, I beg to differ. Okay,
1: fair enough. I think it's different because, yes, there's no more Messi in Barcelona. Cristiano Ronaldo hasn't been in Real Madrid for a minute now. But I feel like there was an anticipation for this match in that, okay, what type of match are we going to see now that these two icons of this rivalry who have been here for the longest aren't here anymore? Like, what kind of Mm. match are we going to expect? These two teams aren't as hot, and especially Barcelona, they're shit
0: yeah i i would say not to cut you off but the way that i was sort of looking at it was if you're tuning in you're watching to see the train wreck that is barcelona and how bad has it really gotten
1: right that's what you're going into this match thinking but you you're still gonna watch it because it is el Clasico at the end of the day and if you did see this match at least in the second half barcelona were pretty decent but first things first. David Alaba scores his first goal for Real Madrid in the 32nd minute off a counterattack, and then the remaining goals of the match came in added time. Lucas Vasquez scoring in the 90th, and then Barcelona got a consolation goal, Sergio Aguero tapping to make things 2-1. But had Barcelona finished their chances, specifically Sergio Dest, who they've been just throwing forward. This could have been a different game. Sergio Des did provide Agueta with the assist on the consolation goal, but if they finished more, if they can get some of those chances through to the back of the net, then it would have been different. But, yeah, Barcelona, all they considered, they weren't as trash as I thought they would be.
0: Now, how many El Clasicos is that in a row now that Madrid have won? Four. Four consecutive El Clasicos. Oof. Yes march 2020
1: october 2020 april 2021 october 2021
0: yeah man i think the highlight of this match came off the pitch as ronald coleman was (laughs) headed home and the barcelona fans was were literally on top of his car (laughs) like fam that is the ultimate disrespect (laughs) talking about get out of the club she was ridiculous (laughs) to see uh he just Put his car into fifth gear and got the hell out of there as fast as he could with the, the fans right behind him. So uh, that was the funniest moment for me. Uh, but yeah, Madrid, uh, Madrid still looking pretty good uh, post Ronaldo, obviously. Uh, it's been a couple seasons. And Barcelona, you know, the tail of the season is Ronald Coleman, man. I don't know. I mean, you mentioned, you know, you've seen more of the match than I have. They, they played well, but, you know, the result was the result. And Man, things are going to continue to get ugly because the El Clasico is the marker, I guess, of excellence, or used to be the marker of excellence uh, between these two, and really to see where they were as clubs. And um, yeah, now, Barca...
1: It is El Clasico still.
0: Well, absolutely. I, um, I think it's different now in regards to you know this was this was the match that would decide by how many points Madrid would win the league or Barcelona would win the league. Oh, yeah, Barcelona being
1: shit doesn't really help. But right.
0: but it, it, absolutely, El Clasico is El Clasico and will always be El Clasico. Um, but Barcelona being a train wreck right now kind of, I wouldn't say takes away from it. But, uh, but to be fair, I don't care. That's Ronald Koeman's problem.
1: <laughs> I mean, I care about El Clasico. I don't care about how trash Barcelona are because, you know, they are basura. Again, all things considered. Today wasn't as bad as we thought it was gonna be. For that, we would go to England to see Liverpool, Manchester Oof. United.
0: Oof. the uh, the English classical, if you will. Um, and I think uh, as as a as a group, uh, the Misfits, I think we saw where this was going. I think Paul Scholes also saw where this was going earlier on in the week, saying that they could lose four nil if they're not careful to Liverpool, and. Uh, Sure, it was
1: five 0 no.
0: Mo Salah said, "Let's, I'll do you one better," <laughs> and we're we speaking about hat tricks. The hat trick watch continues. We mentioned we've had two so far over the weekend, at least in the Premier League, and Mo Salah would add another one on Sunday to make it the third hat trick of this weekend. Uh, as as Ronnie mentioned, Liverpool smoked Manchester United five nil. Uh, just ass whipping galore. Liverpool couldn't make a a bad pass if they tried, and Man United, as they say, were chasing shadows. Um, It was absolutely despicable to the point where, you know, one of the moments that caught my eye (laughs) was uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo just absolutely abusing Curtis Jones.
1: Yeah, that should have been a red, no?
0: Yeah, that should have been a red straight up. He was kicking and screaming. I'm like, bro, does he owe you money? Why are you doing this to the guy? Uh,
1: I'm working, right? I turn around and I see this happen live. I'm like... He stopped Curtis Jones.
0: Yo, fam, kicking him like he owes him money or something like that. Uh, but all that kicking wouldn't do you no good because I think a goal was scored shortly after that. We I'm asked Spencer
1: about his thoughts on the incident. And Spencer says verbatim. Send him off, Raf. Ronaldo get out of here. Um, should, should have been a red and a Jones wink, if I'm being honest. <laughs>
0: But sure enough, it wouldn't be Ronaldo that would get the red card. It would be Mr. Paul Pogba, who would come on as a substitute oh. in the 65th minute and then deliver a crunching tackle to Naby Keita, who already had a goal and maybe two assists at that point. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, he would be subbed off, uh, or stretchered off, if you will. And, you know, hopefully it's not as bad as it looks, because he has been looking like he's been finally kind of finding his rhythm there uh, in the Liverpool midfield. Um but, yeah, this game was just an absolute ass-whipping Liverpool were unbelievable. We saw the back-pass guy, Jordan Henderson, you know, threading through balls from, you know, literally the center circle uh, as he assisted most one of Mo Salah's goals, or his, the goal to get his hat trick, if you will. Um, yeah, it was just an unbelievable performance. Man United looked terrible. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer just smiling. The saddest thing, as I mentioned at the intro of the pod, you see Sir Alex Ferguson just shaking his head, chewing his gum in the stands. And then they pan to Kenny Douglas. Fam, I've never seen the man so happy.
1: (laughs) And that was a perfect encapsulation of this match.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, Liverpool are dominant. Mo Salah, uh, hard to argue that he's not the best player in the world at this moment. Um, And Manchester United are uh, lost, if you will, or inconsistent. Garbage there you go. Um, Ole Gunnar Shoskar after the match and a post-match presser said it was the darkest moment of his career, much worse than the six one thrashing at Old Trafford to Tottenham Hotspur last season. Like I said, this one's much worse being a Manchester lad and whatnot. Uh, but he said the boys have character and we will bounce back. He then continued to say that he does believe in, you know, where he's taking the club and things of that nature, not quoting him directly, but you know, that's basically what he said. Uh, now, if he means he's taking the club to hell, uh, he's right on right on the money. Yeah, so I was thinking, of...
1: where? Taking them where? It's too close to the sun?
0: There you go. I mean, he delivered a masterclass and whatever you want to call that.
1: Liverpool fans were chanting, "Oli, stay.
0: Love that. Love like, the petty.
1: I love the petty. And I said this to you guys, as an outsider who... Liverpool was my team when Fernando Torres was on there. Since he did, I'm like, I don't really, like, I follow La Liga more than I follow the Premier League. But I'm saying, I'm like, yeah, it's all fun and all, but it's getting to a point where, like, you get... it's Time is running its course, man. You, if you get washed 5 nothing by your bitter rival and you don't get sacked by the morning...
0: Yeah, I think... Uh... I might be the only person in this camp because Ole seems to have some sort of immunity. He got some sort of dirt on the glazers. I don't know, maybe nude photos or something, but, uh, uh no, yeah, but a- son,
1: that's the thing. Like he has the best job security in the world. Fam. Oh yeah. My and boy is to whether it being he scored the goal that won them the 1999 champions league, whether it be people saying, Oh, Ole's not gonna go up against the Manchester United board like a Mourinho would, or if they brought Antonio Conte like he would. Or do you know how many fucking Manchester United pundits there are in England? Literally every major network has a Manchester United pundit and for the most part, they're biased as shit. Gary Neville said, I'm not gonna sack a former teammate, even if that former teammate is fucking basura. We already spoke about, it was well-documented, Rio Ferdinand, Paul Scholes. They are Manchester United through and through. They can't see straight. They can't think straight when it comes to Manchester difference. United.
0: And and that's the difference between, uh, say, a club like Chelsea or Manchester United. Chelsea, you know, had the, arguably their best player ever, uh, you know, managing them. And clearly inexperienced, as you could say Ole was. And, you know he was given money to spend he spent the money and didn't get the results sacked halfway through the season and the uh, sacking
1: you know, was big to the point where roman abramovich who we don't hear from for shit ever had to say something about it came up with a comment
0: yeah. said something about it but stuck to his guns it had to happen
1: and what did they get for doing that they won the champions league
0: and are now sitting top of the Premier League in one of the most competitive seasons I've ever seen. Might win I'm the league not this saying season.
1: Manchester United would win the Champions League if they sacked Oli. I'm not saying they would sit atop the league if they sacked Oli. But something's got to change at this point. We got to be honest.
0: Yeah, and that being said, yeah, like I said, I might be the only person on this island. I think that he's gone very soon. It could. I mean, I might go so far as to say that he might not make it past this week. They do have Champions League, which they do sit atop their group, of course. However, I think... A loss like this puts things into perspective, especially against your bitter rivals who are just doing much better than you are. You, you just, mentioned
1: Champions League. They've been trash in the Champions League if we're really being honest.
0: Yeah. Ronaldo's been giving them the dubs, but you know, three points is three points. How far and that will an, take that's them. That's another
1: issue. They only focus on the result and don't focus on how you got to that result. Football's right, a game well, of 90 minutes, and if you were trash for most of it, you got to fix that shit. But you winning a game three two papers over those cracks, come on! Right.
0: Well, the thing is, I mean, if if they continue, to, if, if Ronaldo continues his form in the Champions League and, and continues to score goals later on and be match winners, and they get three points, or they continue, to, you know, they win in knockout ties. If they continue to do that, you know, that's a, that's a, a tournament, that, you know, of the most you play fifteen, you know, games. If he continues to do that, you know, they could very well, you know, go far into the competition. But based on the way that they're playing, you know. Chances are that there's going to be a team that will dissect them and, you know, really take it to them and and, and expose them for who they are, as Liverpool did, as the competition gets thicker in the Champions League. So, um, yeah, you know, a loss like that really just puts things into perspective in so many different ways. You know, your manager may not be good enough. The team may not be good enough or just in general, you're not good enough. Uh, to compete with the 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 three teams right now top the Premier League in City, Chelsea and Liverpool. They're miles off. And that as a drop off for Manchester United it's you know it's been that way for quite some time. But you know, this these type of losses will put things into perspective. And Ole has now had enough time. Like this isn't a match that they lost in August that they did to United last season or that they did to Spurs last season. Where it was very early on and things haven't, you know, same goal settled difference. yet. Right, but this is kind of you know, it's almost yeah, November. his excuse back
1: then, sorry, yeah, his, his excuse back then was we didn't have a proper preseason to the point where he still used that same excuse in the Europa League final. What's his right. excuse now?
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, mind you, this you know, it is still early, you know, it's basically November, but you know, yeah, a, ma- a loss like this, you know, things I've are seen different managers, when it's Liverpool, exactly, yeah, and that's that's my thing. I've seen managers get sacked, you know, at this point in the season, with for when, when, less. When a, right and when a loss is this bad to a team like that you know when it means that much and all the pressure and things that are on my hot take i think olé's gone this week you know if i i might be wrong about it but i'm I, yeah i just think that the time's got to be up i think realistically it's a matter of time i think it's not a question of if it's a question of whenever manchester united can find somebody who will take over for him so they're probably just trying to lock that down but yeah hot take olé olé gonna fam five minutes of liverpool Darkest day. I think it'll be their last. Yeah, I by
1: know. the time we drop this episode, he's already sacked. All power to you, Ovie. You you called it, but this man stays the season because of all those factors I mentioned,
0: which is ridiculous to think about. And that's a question of at that point, do you even blame Ole? I mean, you know, that's a, that seems like a bigger issue, a front office issue for Manchester United. And hey, listen, man. If that, honestly, uh, I think Spencer's had it best. That's their problem to figure out, and, you know, I hope they don't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm just hating. That's hate, but. Um, now, I do yeah, want to I...
1: say one more thing before we get off this game. Um, the good brothers at Raw Football Talk, man.
0: Much power to those guys. Good luck, man. Um, obviously, they they follow a, a glorious club. Um, I can relate to them and losing in ways like this. Uh, that shit stinks. Much power to them. Trying times, uh, for if the I had
1: a, if I had a hitman, he will be gone before halftime. Shouts to Quab,
0: <laughs> jeez, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, staying in the Premier League, I mean, I, I mentioned I'm the sad Spurs fan, Spurs lose yet again one nil twice in a week. If it's uh, just delivering me coal for Christmas, like fan family. What did I do to deserve this?
1: uh you know what you use to get coal uh oh iron
0: wow, well done i'll uh wow <laughs> uh a real quick uh point on this one uh, as I try to sidestep uh, Ronnie's pun there, which is killing me right now um this is spur's fourth London derby loss this season already having lost to Arsenal, having lost to Chelsea, having lost to Crystal Palace. um, They're on pace to lose five this season. Uh, Should they play Brentford soon? Um, So, you know, just headed to the bottom of the pecking order in in London this season. Things going from bad to worse, to good to bad to worse uh, for Nuno. Don't know where it's at. Uh, Absolute just confusion, if you will. But Mikel Antonio on the West Ham side. Happens to be the guy that continues to score goals against Spurs. He would uh, do the same thing again this on Sunday today of recording. To score a late goal to give West Ham the 1-0 win over Spurs at the London Olympic Stadium. <sighs> that's all I got to say about that.
1: Yeah, man. Another rivalry on this massive Sunday.
0: Sure enough. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about the Premier League.
1: Italy. We mentioned Roma, and we gave Napoli a bit of a shout earlier. They played in the Derby del Sol, down south derby. Matching ended scoreless. One thing that stood out was both managers, Jose Mourinho and Luciano um, Spalletti, both getting sent off.
0: <laughs> and I think that's just like the perfect cap off to a weekend, a hectic weekend in footy. Comebacks, hat-tricks, Mourinho getting sent off. That's well, Paletti as well, but, it, you know.
1: Yeah, Mourinho between getting sent off and conceding six.
0: Rough week. Might be might be a, almost as bad of a week as when his dog passed away. Rest in peace, his, his dog. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's tough stuff. Tough stuff.
1: Now, let me try to bring the mood up a bit. Um. Derby Italia. Inter Milan and Juventus played at the San Siro. They played out a one-all draw. Eden Jekyll scoring in the first half. That man, again, we're talking about players not taking their feet off guys. Eden Jekyll, since he got to Inter Milan, has been lights out. And he showed so again today.
0: Yeah, one thing's for certain is Aiden Jack was going to score in the in, in Serie A, uh, no matter what age.
1: Aging like a fine wine, if you will. A fine Bosnian wine. Then Juventus would get an equalizer very late in the game, coming on as a substitute. Paolo Dybala scoring the penalty to make things 1-1. Some people say a bit controversial. final there. Good to see Paulo Dybala back on the score sheet, albeit via the spot kick. Honestly, as much as I picked Juventus to win it, I'm not surprised at the draw. I'm just not.
0: Yeah, Juventus continuing to try to find themselves this season. Um, You know, for the most part, winning matches in low-scoring fashion. They're not scoring enough goals, I could say. I think that's fair to say. Uh, And then Inter Milan more of the same when they played the bigger competition. They've been doing a good job in the league, um, beating the lesser teams, if you will, by a decent margin, but um, have been sort of, you know, if you were struggling against the, 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 the teams that they will compete for Champions League spots with, and this was more of the same. Two teams that have made up the last basic, you know, 12 championships in Syria are in a period now where they are really trying to find themselves and, um, this result was basically a, uh, I guess, a perfect example of, of their situations right now in this club. So, yeah,
1: yeah, man. And for Juventus, they do seem to be improving from their early season slumps. I wouldn't be surprised to see Juventus, you know, continue winning out. They did play; they do play South in the midweek and traveled to Elas Verona on the weekend. They beat Lazio. For surprisingly um but yeah I still have confidence Juventus will make top four but yes at the end of the day um 1-1 final in the Derby d'Italia and the final big derby ended scoreless between PSG and Marseille the thing that did grab headlines was one the animosity in that rivalry when Messi and Neymar would take corners, they would just get pelted on by garbage at the velodrome. That and Ashraf Hakimi getting sent off.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, to the point uh, in regards to the Neymar corners, to the point where they needed police barricades and uh, netting from the stewards to kind of keep... Because them supporters, their aim was immaculate. They was just tossing it out there. I'm like, damn, fam. But... Yeah, absolute animosity in that one. and uh, I'm sure is getting more, more of the same pressure he's been getting, not getting yet another uh, pr- precious win, uh, even though they you know, still top of the table. Uh, I mentioned this earlier in the pod, but yeah, the main concern, I think, with PSG lately to me is the Keylor the Navas-Donnarumma uh, situation. I think everything else will sort itself out, but that one there is a sticky point
1: yeah man again like we mentioned earlier that has to have some type of resolution at some point soon fam
0: yeah and it, i'm not sure if it has something to do with navas being a dressing room leader or pochettino just favoring the guy who's in form and you know uh it just looks weird when donnarumma a man who has over 250 appearances at age 22 for AC milan and italy and the like and is sitting on the bench you know this isn't no you know, this isn't a Willy Caballero. This is, you know, one of the stars of the world, one of the players of the tournament in the Euros, and and, and he's battling Kaylor Navas, another absolute leader, three to, three or two times Champions League winner, you know, so ridiculous. But, but nevertheless, Marseille PSG, animosity, beef, no goals.
1: Animosity, beef, and no goals is correct. Now. Did anything else catch your eye this weekend?
0: Uh, aside from Sir Alex Ferguson's face, um, yeah, no. Uh, uh, oh, uh, did, we, did we mention Steve Bruce not having a job anymore?
1: We did not mention Steve Bruce not having a job anymore. He was sacked around all after we l- dropped the last episode.
0: Just right after that, um, at the very least, he got his 1,000th match as a manager. Um, and that was pretty much it. Uh, Anna Stevoli and uh, the Newcastle board said, all right, fan, pack it up. You knew this was coming. Um, I think one thing about it was the some of the player messages that they got. Um, Alan St. Maximum dropped like a two-tweet, you know, multi-paragraph statement, just kind of. Uh, oh, he you know, definitely
1: made, poured his heart out to that.
0: Yeah, just showing some straight love to uh, to Steve Bruce there and uh, attesting to his character and whatnot. and. I think that's sort of been the story over the last couple of months. Um, you know, he's been hated by the fans in Newcastle. He's been getting a lot of um, you know, hate by media allegedly and things of that nature and um but the players have been kind of sticking up for him. He's been dealt a bad hand. obviously they've been staying up in the um in the Premier League uh last season almost by the skin of their teeth. Um but yeah, Bruce is gone, and uh, allegedly Paulo Fonseca, who was a candidate for to become Spurs' manager, um, is being reportedly considered to be the next man in charge. Hasn't been official, hasn't been official yet, or made official. But um, yeah, I mean, as a next step, Paulo Fonseca, a, a coach who was pretty decent with Roma, obviously, I'm assuming a step up from Steve Bruce. Do um, you think it's the right man for the job? To put them in the direction of where they want to go.
1: I mean, it's a start. You need yeah, somebody sure. with some type oh. of cache. Fonseca's yeah. a he was a good manager in his time in Italy, so yeah.
0: I'm not mad. Yeah, decent enough start. I think um like they're no gonna
1: dive in for a Conte or a Zidane. Like, yeah, you have the money, but what they really want to do, Newcastle United. Fonseca yeah. is more along, is more of an even keel, realistic choice.
0: Yeah, and he can get them get can get those players competing, you know, at least to get out of the relegation zone, which they drastically need to. They're yet to to win a match uh, this season. Again, he
1: led Roma to the semi final of the Europa League last year. So
0: this is true. Yeah, I mean, uh, other other people that were tipped. Uh, I mean, everybody and their mama is now linked with this club, who has all the money in the world. Brendan Rodgers was was, was 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 somebody who. Has been linked, but you know, not sure if that's might be the best step for him. He, he's got uh, he got a really good thing going with Leicester. Uh, Paulo Fonseca obviously was without a job, uh, parted ways with Roma late last season as Mourinho replaced him. Um, but yeah, I mean, should he become the man? He's got a tall task ahead of him. As I just mentioned before, Newcastle is still without a win after drawing Crystal Palace this weekend. Um, they got to get that defense together. Uh, they gotta start possessing possessing the ball a little bit more uh, and uh, you know getting some points on the board they sit 19th still on four points um, just three points away from safety at the moment but yeah we'll see if uh, if anything up, updates with that but yeah Steve Roos is out of here he's free. he's free. We knew he wouldn't quit the job he's getting paid and uh, he was allegedly too prideful to do so but um yeah the, the new board has uh, relieved him of his duties and he is free.
1: Some people may have found the way that was handled as BS.
0: You could absolutely say that, but you mentioned BS. Uh, it sounds like it's that time, no? BS of the week time. Woo-hoo! Now, I
1: do want to update people on a bit of BS that we handed out a while ago. You, in particular, handed this out. And it was Lazio's youth player. Romano Floriani Mussolini (laughs) I mentioned they lost to Elas Verona he was on the first team squad for the match oh the great grandson of Benito Mussolini Mussolini did say I mean Floriani not the dictator who's long dead (laughs) here at Lazio I'm judged only for the way I play and not because of my surname is Mussolini. I hope I can make my debut for the Primavera one day. Primavera, for those who don't know, is like the academy teams in Italy. Um, not that's not really the BS, but we did want to provide that update, but the man who holds up the eagle at Lazio matches, his name is Juan Bernabe. He was suspended by Lazio for pro-Benito Mussolini chants. Um, A video surfaced of him chanting Duce Duce, which was a nickname the Italian dictator had, and he was chanting this with the Lazio ultras after they beat Inter. Lazio has a far-right reputation. Yeah, um, the guy who holds up the bird at the Lazio games got suspended for pro Romano great grandfather remarks. That sounds crazy. One more bit of BS. That is more on a kind of serious note, if you will. Um, earlier this week, England were handed a stadium ban for the incidents that occurred at Wembley, that pretty much overshadowed the Euro final. A lot of the people that I noticed on comments under Sky Sports accounts when they posted this, they were commenting stuff. Oh, but what about Hungary? What about the racist fans in Hungary? I get it. That's not right. But we're not going to sit here and act like what happened at the Euro final was acceptable. We're just not going to do that. At least I'm not they were given a two match ban which will take into effect for England's nations league matches come 2023 so that's the latest scoop on that again you're acting like yes the actions of a couple fans fuck things up for the rest of you guys but you got to you got to deal with the consequences of your actions and that just happened to be the consequence. Again, not saying that racism by Hungarians are, is fine. It's absolutely not. They'll have their own sanctions and stuff, but hold this out.
0: Hold that. No, they were absolutely wild uh after that final, like just like moshing and mobbing. The whole day. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, on top of the racial, you know, abuse towards uh, the players who missed the penalties. It was, it was, yeah. It was acting like a was
1: bunch of- that. There yeah, was breaking to cool. Yeah,
0: yeah Brought and...
1: the whole Euro.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of the guys I mean, on
1: I... Instagram, one of the guys in the comments was like, What are we supposed to do? Sing the anthem with them? I mean well, why don't you have <laughs> common currency and just respectfully listen to the anthem, stupid.
0: Uh, there you go. I mean, um yeah, and it's, well, it's only one match ban, I think, from what I saw. So I mean, it's, it's a two soft.
1: ban of A match suspended, so like it's a suspended ban. So
0: yeah, it's kind of soft. It's a soft penalty. I mean, they got away pretty easily. So and you
1: know. it's funny because it's for UEFA matches. So that means their next World Cup qualifier at Wembley against, I believe, Albania. Full full house. So
0: yeah, yeah, nasty business.
1: I do have another piece of BS of the week, but I shall save that and let you give BS of the week.
0: Yeah, all right. So uh, my BS of the week, uh, speaking of nasty business, uh, David Beckham allegedly um, has, uh, you know, finalized and closed a deal with uh, Qatar to serve as an ambassador for the 2022 World Cup. Um I guess he'll be promoting tourism and whatnot in the nation and uh, from talking about the good that football can do and things of that nature. Now, that's all well and dandy. He's getting paid a bunch of money, uh, 150 million pounds, allegedly, that in over the next decade, he'll receive over to 15 million pounds a year. In American dollars, that's about a $277 million deal. He'll receive about $21 million a year. Um, Now, the interesting thing about this is that David Beckham seems to also be an ambassador of UNICEF um, and Qatar, who have been who have uh, been criticized by players across the world, uh, as well as media for alleged human rights violations towards uh, women, uh, people from the LGBTQ community as well. so it just seems a bit uh, uh odd i guess that david beckham would take this uh, uh this role here as a ambassador for the for qatar in that regard being that he is an ambassador of unicef as well who combats that very same thing human rights violations uh obviously beckham has a a relationship with the qatari um you know notable Qatari folks in football we remember he was at psg for a brief stint before he retired um but yeah my man's getting paid a boatload of money and um it doesn't make any sense david beckham fix it fam. i don't know what's going on with that uh so yeah i guess money talks and uh we call bs doesn't look right not at all right. um <laughs> uh yeah he's getting he's getting paid And uh, I guess human rights violations and whatnot, alleged human rights violations uh, and whatnot, uh, take the back seat to the coin. That's all I got there.
1: Um, One last bit of BS of the week, and we are going to Major League Soccer. So there was a match between the Seattle Sounders and Sporting Kansas City. And there's this incident here where the goalkeeper for Sporting Kansas City, Tim Melia, is being boxed out by MLS's CR7, Christian Roldon. You know, his initials are CR, his number is seven.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Um, you know, doing what a goalkeeper does, you know, trying to clear the ball away. Um, Roldon is pretty much in his line of sight or whatever trying to get this man away from him. This man basically just Amelia, that is, pretty much body slams Roldon into the goal like a whole wwe takedown (laughs) he only got a yellow card and pro which is the mls's pro referees organization said in part "Melia was cautioned for what the match officials deemed to be a reckless act when he wrapped his arms around Roldan's chest and pulled him back out of the way as he attempted to reach the ball the officials deemed the pulling action fell short of having excessive force or brutality. Melia had already been fouled by Roldan, and the referee penalized that offense. The game was restarted with a direct free kick to SKC, Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. now Are you, sure I, you
0: sure that's not uh, WWF and not MLS?
1: I am not sure if that is the WWF and not MLS. Um, here's what IFAB has in their rules on what qualifies as a potential red card. A tackle or challenge that endangers the safety of an opponent or uses excessive force or brutality must be sanctioned as a serious foul play. If you saw what I saw, the takedown was pretty brutal. The body slam, if you will.
0: A body slam in soccer? (laughs) I mean, you might as well get the tables, the ladders, the chairs. This might as well be a hell in a cell.
1: Christian Roldan has a family.
0: He's got a family, you bastard. (laughs) The carnage. Despite
1: all that fuck shit, Sporting Kansas City beat the Sounders 2-1. Seattle already in the MLS Cup playoffs. The loss did allow the New England Revolution to win the Supporters' Shield, the best record in MLS. So I guess that game did have some real-world implications. So, yeah, I'm done here, LV. I am
0: done. That being said, if, uh, before uh else gets body slammed, uh, Ronnie, you want to go ahead and sign us off?
1: Sure thing, fam. We appreciate you guys <laughs> for listening to episode 64 of the Footy Misfits. We thank everybody who listens to us, who interacts with us on Instagram as well, at Footy Misfits. And guess what? Episode 65 is right around the corner. So, for the good brother LV, I go by the name of Ronnie. Thank you for listening. Hey, ESPN, try to hold on to those Euro rights. I don't want them just to box. I'll be all me,
0: Woo. Dust, what a miss, fam. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>